Well then, howdy, howdy, everyone, and thank you for tuning in to another episode of uh, Howdy, Howdy. And today, I'm very excited to bring on a guest uh, who's serving love and sandwiches. This is Ike Shahada, um, founder and co-founder and owner of Ike Sandwiches. Ike, thank you so much for coming on. Oh, I really appreciate it. You're welcome, and I'm happy to be here. Thank you so much. Right, right, right. Learning a little bit more about uh, the man who creates the sandwiches that are not your mama's sandwiches. That's for sure. Um, really quickly, you know, obviously I was doing a little bit of research and I do want to know where did that come from? Not your mama's sandwiches. I will say in the beginning when Ike's first opened, didn't have a website. In fact, websites weren't really a major thing for businesses, online ordering. But we had one of the first ever apps to order online and then eat. In fact, we got nominated for a TechCrunch award because other than, I believe, Starbucks at the time, you couldn't click, I want to eat something and then get food. Okay. So the reason why I'm mentioning all that is because my, our first website for Ike's was my MySpace page. That's how long ago. In Are you 2007, <laughs> people kept going, hey, how do we find your menu? And hey, how do you do? And I'm like, I don't have money for well, one. I didn't definitely didn't have money for a website. Two, I didn't even know how to go about finding somebody to do a website, but I knew about MySpace. And so I went to my MySpace page, changed the, the my pictures to pictures of Ikes and sandwiches. Mm -hmm. And then those old back in the day, those old blog posts on MySpace. And I don't know who is from the MySpace era, but I'd just be like meat sandwiches. And then I'd just go in there and type in the meat sandwiches. And I did veggie sandwiches and tried that out <laughs> and breakfast. And, and I typed that out. So you could go to the page and it'll be the picture of Ike's and it'll say blog posts and it'll say meat sandwiches, veggie sandwiches, uh, mm -hmm. breakfast, whatever, all that stuff. And so why, when I was looking for somebody to go in there and update things, this kid who was really literally a kid, I think he was 17 years old at the time, who was a big fan of Ike said, Hey, Ike, let me like revamp your MySpace page a little bit. I think it can make it cooler. And he came out with this like long sentence of this ain't your grandma's and whatever, but he just kept going and hamsters. And, and he gives the one <laughs> actually came up with it's not your mama's sandwich shop, but based on because my mother was the first investor. Mm. So while it's not your mama's sandwich shop, it was actually my mama's. It actually shop. is Ike's mom's man. <laughs> exactly. Shop. So that's kind of where the name, the tagline, it ain't your mama's sandwich shop for Ike's came about. That's lovely. Okay, I get you. Um, and you know what? That's so crazy to hear, right? Because you're, you're talking about a time in which you're, you're sitting there in 2007 and you want to get your message out to the community and you don't even know how to make a website. You don't have the money to make a website. So you're going out and going on MySpace. And then very recently, you just opened your 97th store in St. George, Utah. So I hope that we can kind of dive in and learn a little bit about that journey because Ike, your success is incredible. Um, Though I want to start yeah, at the very beginning. And where where did it come from, right? Like, where were you in your life? What made it like, you know what? I'm going to start serving love and sandwiches right now. Just grabbing something to drink. Yeah, you're good, baby. I was, I had a business back in, I basically got kicked out of college when I was a sophomore because I realized the stuff I was studying wasn't, fun for me. It wasn't inspiring for me. It was also hard too. So on top of it, not being fun, inspiring, it was difficult. And 
I just immediately when I was in college, just started taking like, what would I love to take as a class? If I was going to wake up and look at my schedule, what would be happy about? So I started taking classes like creative writing and accounting because I really like math and numbers. I took um, drama and athletics and things like that. So I ended up mm -hmm. getting kicked out because at my school, I went to UC Davis. They were like, hey, you're, you're actually not allowed to, to only take extracurriculars. Like right. you got to actually kind of graduate. <laughs> And if I had been like a drama major or whatever, it probably would have been all right. But they knew my major was not creative writing, accounting and drama. So <laughs> they basically kicked me out because I, I refused to listen to the counselor. Got into business for myself. And I really enjoyed being in business. It ends up flash forward. So that was like 97, 98. Flash forward 2004, it goes out of business. Mm. Can I ask what that business was and kind of a little bit more about that story? Well, so the business was a supermarket. I was in business with a family member. I really wanted to do that because my father, growing up, my father did the same business, supermarkets. At one point, he had four or five, maybe even half a dozen stores in the San Francisco, in, in San Francisco, in the Bay Area. area. Um, and there's not really much to go like the other than was a, an adventure and it was fun. I learned a lot of what like not to do. I learned a lot about what I love to do also. So when I ended up working for other people, was it closed? I went out of, I went out of business, ended up homeless for about nine months. And we can talk about that in a, in a different question. Otherwise I'll never answer this Fair actual point, question. Yeah. <laughs> and when I went to work for other people for, it was a period of about three years and I wanted to get back to work. I was like, what would I love to do? I felt dejected from my previous business. So I was like, okay, well, I got to work. I need money. I can't just wallow. And for nine months, I was wallowing and living a shitty life. Hmm. Uh, so I was like, well, what would I love? Well, I love going on dates. I like, I love eating. I love uh, playing cards. So I initially started becoming a poker player. And I was playing poker like for a living and making money and being successful at it. Unfortunately, my family thought it's not a job. Mm. And I kind of got forced out of that, even though I, my initial investment, I paid, played $40 to be in a tournament. And I ended up winning the tournament. And so okay. after that, I never put my own mini, my, my own money in the tournament. And in fact, m all most tournaments I entered, I would, I went to the final table so often in the tournaments that I played, they started nicknaming me, me final table. They're like, Oh, well, final tables here. We kind of thing. And I, I, I <laughs> final cool. tabled like, like I only, missed out like on four or maybe three final tables out of every tournament I ever played in. Now I didn't play like world series of poker or anything like that. I just played local tournaments and I would just final table all the time. Cause my thing was, okay, I need to make money from this, even though I'm having fun. So I had one strategy, get to the final table. Now I know I have some money and now I can play a different way. Right. Right. Now you can play so a little knew, bit more aggressively. Right. So then I started working for, uh, I looked at the list. Okay. I love going on dates. I thought immediately, okay, actually I'm going to go work at Victoria's Secret. Cause at least if I'm going to get a job, I can work at a place where like women can You're come, get a few more dates. Me. Yeah, exactly. And then I was like, I can make money. I could uh, meet women. Cause at that time that was a high priority for me. I was like, you know what? I've been in business for myself for a long time, eight years. It didn't work out. I'm also feeling like a loser. So what can I do to feel good? Mm -hmm. So I worked there and then I, I really loved the customer service. I saw how the business was oriented in that way. And I started getting other jobs. I ended up working three jobs at once. 
And then I realized that while I was working on Victoria's Secret and BB, which is a women's fashion, hopefully they're still around. I don't, I don't think that they are. We're to Trader Joe's, I was selling real estate. And then my, my roommate at the time, his dad had just opened up a restaurant. And I thought, well, I love to eat. I love to feed people. I love to cook. Let me see about the restaurant business. Like I do want to open up Ike's one day, what would become Ike's. So let me go learn about that. But to actually answer your question, it all started from me being in the space of continuously asking, what is it that I love to do? All the Mm -hmm. way from like the reason why I got kicked out of college, because I wanted to take these classes and have fun. And then after my business went out of business and, okay, well, what what would I do working for other people? Well, I wanted, you know, looked at what my priorities were at that time. And then when I went to go open up bikes, I looked at, well, what really lights me up? Because I know in the beginning of the business, because I had a previous business, mm-hmm. I know that if I was doing something I enjoyed, I wouldn't quit when times were tough. And in fact, my previous business, the supermarket, it would like by any other human being I know would have closed it three years earlier than I closed it. Because I was making okay. almost nothing, but I enjoyed it. I loved stocking the shelves. I loved ordering things. I loved interacting with people when they would come in. I loved... You say you would come up and get your cup of coffee or your Coke or whatever it was every single morning. I loved like, hey, how are you doing? And that conversation, I love that. Mm-hmm. Then eventually I just, just couldn't afford to keep it open anymore. So knowing all that, I made a list of what I love to do. And I wrote the, out 37 things on that list. And some of the things were still on there. I love to eat. I love to feed people. I love going on dates. I added, I love snuggling baby animals. I loved, I loved um, <laughs> talking and having deep conversations with people right. and kind of being philosophical, even though like I probably didn't know anything about philosophy back then. And it just turned out that, hey, actually, I should probably open up a restaurant. Then from there, I kind of narrowed down, Googled, looked at what I should be doing, should be doing like online. I need a menu mm-hmm. and I need whatever it is I thought. So I made a second list. Okay, if, now that I decided I'm going to open up a restaurant, what do I need to open up a restaurant? And I made a list of uh, 18 things, something like that. And then I just Googled everything and then I opened. That's insane. That's super insane. So, so kind of like a very brief summary, but obviously, you know, um, you open up the supermarket in 98, 97 and in 2004, that supermarket goes out of business. You found within this business kind of something that you love, right? Like you love being around food. You love making these orders. You get to use the accounting experience that you, that you enjoyed having when you were back in college. Um, after it goes out of business, you're homeless for nine months. And then you start thinking to yourself just from there, okay, what do I love to do, right? Like after you've felt down in the dumps for so long, you're, you're kind of going through the motions. You ask yourself, what is it that you like? And I love this. The fact that you, number one, the first thing that you said was dates. Like I love going on dates. How am I going to pursue that, right? Like I think so many people get caught in this idea of like, okay, I really like, like it has to be something professional. Like what do I like to do professionally? But dates isn't something like that. But you said, nah, screw it. Wherever I work, I'm going to have fulfillment because this part of dating is going to be something that's exempt or it's something that's uh, magnified and amplified because of my work. I think that's super cool. Um, I yeah, am for, for me, d- d- just to step in a little bit into that. For me, yeah. I don't know where it came from. I just knew. So when I was in college and it wasn't working the way that I wanted to, like I hated my major. It just clicked in my mind, like, what would I love to spend my time doing? And then I studied those things and went to those classes. And then when I needed a job later on, because my family didn't accept poker as a, mm-hmm. as a job, for it's testament to 
we can always make money doing whatever it is the highest priority it is for you. Now, yeah, it was a really freaking shallow that when I just just becoming unhomeless and I was like 26 or something at the time, was it really shallow that my number one priority was like, I want to meet women? Probably. And it doesn't matter what you're, it's, it's a testament to you. It doesn't matter what it is that you have a high priority of. You can always make money in that. Like some people are like, how are you gonna make money being dates? And I started writing a book on how to meet women online and getting them to pay for the first date. So there's lots of ways that whatever it is you love, like say I had snuggling baby animals on my list. Mm-hmm. I wrote, oh, I could just find out what zoo in the country is about to have a baby panda or a baby giraffe and, and fly out there and take pictures of it. And, and the new blogosphere, like I could just write blogs about it and then become mm-hmm. a foremost expert on baby animals, or I could become a pet sitter. There's like lots of ways to make money doing a lot of things, but people always feel like they have to be acceptable and like, oh, it needs to make sense. Like you can't make money going on dates or you can't make money with animals or you can't make money um, reading books and stuff like that. You can make money doing anything. Mm -hmm. It's just, are you willing to do the work? Yeah, I love that. You can always make money doing what is your priority. Like that's beautiful. I'm curious as well, kind of, as you mentioned, right? Like everybody has this feeling of wanting to be acceptable and you're sitting there in college, you know, and you're realizing, you know, I don't like any of what they're asking me to do, right? I like these classes, these classes aren't with, you know, following my major whatsoever. There's no major that really follows the classes that I'm taking. And you decided to drop out. I know that you said that you don't know where that kind of stems from, but can you walk us through like that thought process a little bit like when you were there and you were like you know what screw it like i'm just like how you even got the guts to like make that first jump because that's crazy that's something to me that like i don't know if i i definitely wouldn't have done it in college but i'm trying to develop it now but go ahead well all of us already have it in us right now like look at your life and whoever's listening to this right now look at your life what are the things that nobody ever has to remind you to do Whatever that is. For me, it was eating. And for me, like there's a lot of things on your list. What is it? You're already doing stuff for free right now. Mm. These things, for me, when I was in, in college and going, wow, I really dislike what I want. I'm not sure where the insight came in to just say, okay, well, what do I love to do? Though it was kind of like, okay, I need to take I knew I needed to take a certain amount of units. Otherwise, they'd kick me out. So I was like, okay, I need to fill up these units. How can I fill up these units with things that I would not dread looking at my schedule? And that was kind of, I guess, the motivation is I, my first year in college, I would look at my schedule and, man, I got to go to this chemistry class. Or, oh my God, I got to go to this computer, uh, whatever, lit class, uh, computer engineering class. And I got to go to this well, all these classes and, and it wasn't fun. Like it didn't, I didn't make me want to get out of bed. I wasn't sleeping and going, Oh, got to get up the alarm. But I mm-hmm. did notice that once I did start adding in creative writing and drama and acting and accounting and athletics, I'd be like, Oh, I better get up. Cause I got that drama class and I know I'm just going to be have fun. Mm. It wouldn't say it was like a realization. It was more like, I literally felt like going to class. So right. why wouldn't I go to class? And it was a feeling in the beginning. Now, that's a feeling that I rode in all the times that I had a big transition in what I was doing into what I was going to do next. It's, and luckily, I was able to just have that feeling in, or that insight of the feeling. 
knowing that I already, like even now, like I already play video games. I already eat. I already read. I already write. So I was like, well, what I do? I started streaming my video game playing because at least if I'm going to video game play, like might as well, maybe somebody will watch. Maybe yeah. I might make money from it one day. I don't care if I don't make money from mm-hmm. it because I'm going to play video games anyway for free. Right. But maybe one day I'll be some world famous streamer for playing video games. And this, the same with reading and writing. I started reading and writing and then posting my thoughts on certain books. And I started mm-hmm. just sharing my advice with people. And that turned into me opening up uh, Ike School of Wealth and things like that, where in the beginning I had one client and then I had like three clients and then I had 25 clients. And now literally I get asked questions about business and success and philosophy on my social media every single day, like dozens of times a day. Mm-hmm. And that all came from, well, I'm already reading, I'm already writing, just share it. Right. Stuff I would do for free anyway. And if it turns into cash, a delightful bonus. But like, I already know I'm going to read this book. So might as well share it. And maybe mm-hmm. somebody's going to find value and pay me. I do know that when we're doing what we're inspired by, what I've noticed is that you get paid for it if you share it with enough people. Like, say if you're really inspired by hanging out with your dog, but you don't share it with anybody, you're never going to get paid. Like, you'll get paid in, like, snuggles from your dog and in good feelings. <laughs> right. Though if you, like, live streamed you hanging out with your dog all the time and people are like, wow, that guy's really sweet with his dog. Then maybe eventually people will start being like, hey, here's some dog treats for your dog because I love watching your dog. Yeah. Eventually <laughs> it turns into stuff if you share it with people. If you keep what inspires you on the inside, like, literally inside or inside your home and you don't share you can't ever become successful. It was the moment that I started sharing everything, you know, sandwiches, it was a moment that I started sharing things. I went to work at Victoria's Secret and started sharing my love of the, instead of the grocery store love, but like, hey, I'd see you and like Victoria's Secret was a cult and still is a cult-like um, product. I'd see the same people every month or every week mm. and be like, oh, hey, great to see you. Oh yeah, we got this new stuff in. And I really enjoyed that. And then that me sharing that gift I got promoted in three months, like my salary, my, my pay doubled in three months mm. from being, we don't want to hire a guy. And I know that that would be totally like, you can't say that now, but they literally were like, we don't want to hire a guy to being one of the managers and doubling my pay in three months. No, nope, because I, 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 like, it's what I would have done for free. Like I'd go hang out there and look at lingerie and, and talk to people <laughs> and help Fair them blood. pick out outfits, which then I started working at, at BB and same thing. It was more like a clothes clothes, not, not just what's underneath. And I would help women get ready for a great or an interview, or if they had like, Oh, I have a date and I really want to look sexy or, or I have an anniversary and I want to make it special stuff like that. Let me give them the service to make them invoke the feelings in them that they wanted. And then I got paid. That one was a commission job. And I remember sometimes for the holiday season, I get paid like a hundred bucks an hour to sell clothes. But it was because I was sharing my gift of service with people. And that turned into other things. And I worked at Trader Joe's and then I sold real estate and then got into the restaurant business. And then Ike's happened. But it's because I shared what I love to do. And if you share it with enough people, you're going to get paid eventually mm. for it. I love that. Like on it, I, I had to write that down that if, if you share or if you do what you're inspired by, you will get paid for it if you share. I think that that's something like, as you mentioned, right? Like, you don't need to necessarily do it with the intent of like, okay, I'm going to become rich and famous off of this someday. But as you mentioned, right, you might be sitting down and you might be like, you know what? I'm playing video games anyway. I love this. I'm yelling at the TV when I die. Sometimes I feel like I say something kind of funny. I'm going to do it anyway. Might as well post this online and see if we have a following that shows up. 
And then these things kind of happen out of nowhere, right? Like the people who blow up, right? Similar to what Ike's was. I mean, speaking candidly, were you starting Ike's with the thought in mind of like, you know what? I'm going to approach 100 stores someday and probably even exceed that like by quite a bit. Or was it just kind of like, I like selling sandwiches. Like I like making food. I like making people smile. Let's, let's see what happens. Well, the reason why I opened up Ike's it was not to make money. Literally, it wasn't. If you, it, maybe that's probably why I ended up making money. I looked at my list of what I love to do, the 37 things, and it, and it turned out I should open up a restaurant. Turned out I love sandwiches. And in fact, I first opened as a cafe and got pared down to sandwiches because that's what people uh, came to eat, but probably because I was really into the sandwiches. Hmm. My plan was, okay, I want to have something to do every single day. My plan was I need to eat like so I don't personally die. I had been homeless and food insecure and went to bed often hungry, tears in my eyes, upset. And I knew that I needed gas in my car and I needed to get my rent paid. Otherwise, I ended up being homeless again. So my business plan or my goal was, hey, I would cook for people for free, eat for free and make like people come together and group over around a table and be loved, appreciated, accepted, and have deep conversations. I did that for free. So if I can do that as a business and break even, that was good enough for me. And now, as I started doing that, because I was willing to do it for free, I didn't have to, I wasn't like, oh, there's no money here because the first day I didn't sell anything. And I was upset about that. And the second day I sold nine sandwiches, took me three days to sell 10 sandwiches. They're like double digit sandwiches. But because I wasn't there like, oh my God, I need this money. Oh my, I'm opening this so I can have this big exit strategy of a billion dollars or $9 billion in the future. I was able to do it for the things that I love to do and not give up when I didn't sell anything, not give up when two and a half years I didn't pay myself. I mean, I had food in my stomach and gas in my car and my rent paid. And I could have a little bit like I can go to a movie here and there and maybe go on a date here and there. But I would have done it for free. So all that was gravy. I had a nice apartment. My car ended up getting paid off. And I had delicious food in my stomach every single day. I was okay with that. A lot of people are not okay with that. They go to a job and they're like, oh, I'm underpaid. And and they go or they open up a business and it's like, man, it's not working. And then they give up. No, I wasn't going to give up because I chose something that I would do for free. Mm. And knowing that I would do it for free, I did not have to worry about the money. Right. And then because, probably because I didn't worry about the money, I could just keep giving service and keep doing all these other things. And in fact, I did the opposite about worry, than worried money, about money. I noticed there were some things in the job that I hated doing, like the dishes and slicing the tomatoes, chopping the lettuce, cleaning the bathroom, sweeping. So even though as I started becoming um, more with more flesh with customers, I'm like, well, I'm going to get somebody to do the dishes. I'm going to get somebody to get, slice the cheese and the tomatoes. Mm. So the money that Say if I did that work myself, I would have gotten paid for it. You would have pocketed I money. Decided, yeah. yeah, I would have pocketed money. I decided I'm going to pay it for pay it to other people. Let them do it, and this way I could be refreshed in the morning when I come mm. to work. I wouldn't be like, oh man, I got to slice the tomatoes. And I don't know where this like wisdom popped in to go. Okay, if I'm not doing the stuff I don't like to do, I could do only the stuff that I love to do, which is making the sandwiches, talking to the customers as they come in, suggest sandwiches create brand new sandwiches. Mm -hmm. And so 
I delegated everything that I didn't like to do before I could afford it. Like technically I could have afforded it, but mm-hmm. like literally I wasn't paying myself. I foregoed putting money in my own pocket because I knew that my happiness was worth more than my wallet. And that came from the beginning. I was going to open up Ike's not to make money, but to have fun doing something. If I'm going to, I thought to myself, if I'm going to make not a lot of money, and maybe this is something that a lot of people, if you have a job for someone else right now, most human beings are unhappy with what they're getting paid. Most of them. In fact, I can't recall the last time I talked to somebody that was working for somebody else that was like, you know what? They're overpaying me. Likely you heard, you probably don't hear that either, right? Right. Even though in reality, we get paid exactly the direct amount of benefit and service that we provide, but nobody wants to hear that. Mm-hmm. So for me, it was, hey, I actually don't care about the money. If I cared about the money, I would have stayed working at BB making $100 an hour during Christmas time selling clothes. Mm-hmm. What I wanted to do was be happy, inspired, fed, and do what I love to do. And that was a restaurant. That was through a restaurant and interacting with people and watching them take their first bite of the sandwich or watching people on a date or watching a family time, mother-daughter thing or whatever. Mm-hmm. That's what inspired me. And it, later on, I read a quote from Think and Grow Rich from Napoleon Hill. And he said, no matter how much you get paid, how little or how large, if the only pay that you get after your week's worth of work is what's in your paycheck, you're underpaid no matter what. And I really took that to heart. I got paid an infinite amount for the two and a half years that I worked. It just wasn't in cash. And I was okay with that because I was following what I love to do. Most human beings would love to do that with what they love to do. And again, the thing is, is you are already doing what you love to do and you're likely not making money from it. For the most part, like 97% of people aren't. Right. So if you're going to do it for free anyway, why not do it for free anyway, but as a business? Why not do it for free anyway, but building a brand? You're already sitting on the couch watching Netflix for free for free, or whatever it is that you're doing for free, hanging out with your family. How can you turn that into a way to provide value to other people? And when you could do that, this is why the whole blogging and, and social media influence and thing, this is why it is successful. Those people, for the most part, the ones that are getting paid to do it, are into what they want, are inspired to what they do. And we're paying them or you know, brands are paying them because of the influence that they have, but because mm-hmm. they're doing stuff that they love. 20 years ago, you'd been like, oh yeah, I'm an influence. You'd be like, get the hell out of here. What the hell is that, right? <laughs> yeah, it's because they're providing <laughs> what they love to do and they're sharing it literally. And then you're watching it and you're watching their TikToks and you're watching their reels and their Instagram, their Facebook posts. You're listening to the podcasts. And so they're getting paid. You can literally get paid to do anything that you want. You're just busy not getting paid for doing what you want. Mm. And and Mm. that's the only difference between the people, say, similar to me, the 3% of people that are doing what they love and making money from it. And the people that aren't is the people are stuck on, oh, but I need, but I need, but I need Napoleon Hill in the same book, Think and Grow Rich says, oh no, it's not Napoleon Hill. It's um, the richest man in Babylon. It says people often confuse their wants with their needs. And that's a problem with people acquiring and keeping their career path and their wealth path on the way. You feel like you need this, but no, you actually want it. You don't need to eat a burger at a $10 burger place. You want to 
or Megas these days is like $15 for $20 right. probably. You could eat at McDonald's. Like I used to eat at McDonald's, three, the dollar menu. I know now it's like probably a $2 menu, but I used to eat at McDonald's. Why? Because that's all I could afford. And I knew that, hey, uh, well, would I rather have that $15 burger? Yeah, but I could rather have three $3 cheeseburgers than right. one uh, $10 burger. Now, a lot of people are like, oh, no, but I, I won't eat that bad food. No, you don't want to eat it. You don't need to eat the big one. You don't need to eat that expensive. And that's just like one small example that probably most people listening can relate to. Whatever it is, I don't buy myself lots of clothes. Like I, all the clothes I get and socks and underwear is like usually gifts because it's not really a high priority for me. But there's some people that put it as a high priority. Great. Mm. If you love to shop, be a freaking shopping influencer then. Or don't buy the that. stuff because you don't need it. You want it. You don't need it. And if you can separate your needs from your wants, and then you can add in to your paycheck what you love to do, your paycheck is going to be huge because you're also going to have the fun, the inspiration, the passion in there, which is worth, worth way more than the money, even if you're making several hundred thousand dollars a year or even a million dollars a year right now. Some of my clients make millions of dollars a year, and they're not happy. It's not the money part. It's that they're not inspired. So mm. same thing with you. And there's some people that are, there they are, and they're doing a, working at Victoria's Secret and having a blast. Right, like right. Was, or when I was serving tables, like I loved it. I thought my boss was a jerk, but I loved making sure you got your filet mignon medium rare. I love that. I love being like, oh, you want that dish? Oh, you need to eat this dessert. At the-. I love that part, which is why I probably got fat tips back then. Not because I, the, the restaurant was expensive-ish. I like famous hmm. clients like, Mark Zuckerberg was one of the people I served before, like Facebook, before he was a household name. No kidding. But like, wh- why would I attract people like that into my life? It's because they're like, oh, I want the freaking server that looks like he actually wants to be here versus mm-hmm. when's the last time you went to a restaurant and the person didn't act like they wanted to be there versus when you go to a restaurant, and the person's like, wow, this is a great server, right? That person you gave a much fatter tip than the other person. Right. And, you know, I, it makes so much sense everything that you're saying right just ultimately break it down say if you like doing something right there's an ability to monetize it in some way shape and or form if you don't like doing it it doesn't matter how much you're going to get paid you're always going to be looking for that other thing and i think that a lot of people get in kind of a state of mind of like okay well this right here is funding what i like to do so i don't really have to focus on anything else but if you're somebody who's sitting there and whatever it is that you love to do is getting funded, find a way to make that your career. Find a way to just share that, even if, you know, with every intent that you can, right? In some way, somehow, find that as where you are getting your money from every single day. And sure, it might not grow up into everything it ever, like it can be. It might not blow, how do I want to put this? You might not blow up from it. And it might not be, you know, the size of Ike's, but at least you're just doing what you're passionate about. At least you're that server who's got a smile on their face. I like to do what everybody else says, right? Be willing to take the drop out of college if you need to. And I absolutely love that. Um, I'm curious kind of as well what it starts to look like when you see things kind of get rolling. You know, you're at Ike's and as you mentioned, you know, it takes three days um, to, to get that first, you know, or to get to double digit sandwiches sold within a single day. And, you know, during that time, you're feeling so fulfilled and you're feeling good, right? Like, as you said, you have all of your needs met. I'm curious, kind of like how you go into the state of mind where as things start to blow up, you're making sure that you're 
always pursuing needs as opposed to kind of falling into that pitfall of like, oh yeah, but this really cool car or like, you know, something like that. Well, the, speaking of the really cool car, so the first Ike's was a hit. It went from $0 a day to we're, we're selling 1,200 sandwiches a day. At, wow. It's high. Oh, the fir- <laughs> at, and that's at one location. That was at one location. And so as we started, or as I started thinking and with my mom and my friends like, oh, about expanding, they all joked, okay, when we get to 10 of these, we're going to buy you a Ferrari. Because my dream has been to buy a Ferrari, to get a Ferrari one day. Okay. Uh, flash forward to now i still don't have that ferrari because to me it was like i don't know if i actually well obviously i didn't want a ferrari because i'm sure i could have over the last uh, 15 years saved up enough money to get a ferrari (laughs) though it came from oh well i wanted the nice things for a different reason like i wanted to look cool maybe i wanted the ferrari because i thought it would help me get girls or something or maybe i wanted the ferrari because i wanted to like shove it to people that thought that i couldn't do it because I, I really don't care. My car is not bad, but my car is under $100,000, like for sure. And noticing as I'm going through, like to like actually answer your question, looking at what inspired me as I started focusing on what the things that I love to do was and looking at the business and how it was, my immediate thought went to, I should use my money to make more people happy to open mm. up more shops. And this is where it, the whole beginning of Ike's, like I opened up Ike's to, to feed people, to bring people together because I love to eat. I love to cook. Buying a car is not going to make me feel better at feeding people, eating, cooking, but using that $200,000 instead of buying a Ferrari, but to open up like one or two more Ike's, I'm going to feed more people. I'm going to love more people, bring more people to a table. Like we're going to serve... 10 million meals. Well, we did last year during COVID and the year before 10 million <laughs> meals. Like I'd rather sell 10 million meals to people than, and maybe open up a, you know, an extra Ike's than, than serve the 10 million meals and be like, Oh, well now I got another house and wherever, or I've got a, another car to, to look at. And I love driving fast in my car. I got a Cadillac CTSV 2014, but like, even that's like eight years old. And mm-hmm. at the time I bought it, it was only like 70 K. So it's not like I don't buy myself and I don't treat myself to stuff. I don't eat out at nice restaurants, though. The the difference between me making money and then spending it to be more inspired more versus me taking in money and spending it on a consumable that I get no return on, like not even like I mean, right? You get a car, it's not like even a new car smell, right? yeah, yeah. The new car smell is like actually you got a new car. And you're really excited about it. And then over like a time, six months or a year or two years, that new car that it you almost get zero value out of other than the ride. Like you get to go from here to there, but you don't get that. Oh, I got this new car feeling. Or when you got a new outfit or new pair of shoes, like I've been there. I've had those things that goes away real fast. Me opening up in Ike's and going, I'm opening up in Pleasanton. I'm opening up at St. George, like where we ran into each other. Mm -hmm. I'm opening up in Phoenix. Like that, I get to have fun because I'm serving more people. And if people just allocate their money that way, in fact, well, I don't even want to say if they would, people already allocate their money where they have their highest priorities. So if you're like really into your family, you're going to spend your money on your family, whether that's getting your family clothes or spending money on their education. If you value, you need your home because of um, safety or because of family, you're going to spend your money on a mortgage 
which is usually significant, especially in California. If you value um, traveling, you're going to spend your money on traveling. You're going to go work and then you're going to travel. You're going to go work and then you're going to go spend it on your family. You're going to go work and you're going to spend it on a mortgage. So there's that all the time. The difference between making that sustainable and inspiring is when you connect that to what you love to do. And this will be a theme that I'm going to continuously talk about. Yeah. But we all know what to do if you want to make money and save money and, and have money. Well, like we all know what to do if you want to be fit and ripped. We already know what to do. So it's not that we don't know we don't know what to do to be well off, to be in the 3% of people or even the 1% of people. It's we're misaligning, we're we're mistaking what we hold as a high value, and then we put our money there. Where if you did it a little bit more structured and you did it with an emphasis on, okay, I'm going to spend this money on my kids or on my mortgage or on my traveling, but also have portions so that it can eventually grow and grow and grow, which is one of the main principles of the, the uh, richest man in Babylon. Then eventually your um, nest egg over here is going to make you, is going to pay you way more than I, mm-hmm. more than what your job does. Like right. and for me, my, because I structure my spending and I spend a good amount, like I travel a lot, I'm, I spent, take free time. But because I'm focusing on my value that I'm giving, taking that value and making sure I, I pay myself first and then spend everything, like literally spend every single penny after you pay yourself, but pay yourself and then spend every single other penny. And then this eventually will be more than what you're getting paid from your job. Then you, mm-hmm. then for sure you'll have the freedom like now for me to start a wealth school to help people with their career and their finance and to start a, a school on quantum theory and to start a school on taking Newtonian things and making Newtonian results better. Like I'm able to do that because I'm not necessarily worried about money anymore, but that only became, came from because I tied my finances to what inspires me. And a lot of people don't do that. In fact, a lot of people, 97% of people don't do that. Maybe it's even 99% of people don't do that. Mm-hmm. So if that's you, you owe it to yourself right now to focus on what it is that inspires you and figure out a way to make money doing that. And in the beginning, it could be a side gig. It could be you're going to you know, still go shopping, but do your little shopping reels and TikToks kind of right. thing. And then eventually, <laughs> or you love to go out to eat or you love to hang out with your family. You can do you know, silly family stuff and, and things like that. Share what inspires you and people are going to freaking love you for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's crazy. And, I mean, like, and and pay you like they're literally going to pay you too. It's like not only like do what you love, like you're doing it for free. Why not get paid to do it too? All you have to do is get over being afraid to share it, and then and then you get paid. Like eventually, like maybe it's not going to be day one. It might not even be until day three or five. Mm-hmm. I didn't get paid for two and a half years, but you will get paid. And there's no like loss for you. You don't have to worry about anything because you're gonna do it anyway. So you might as well this share it. Enjoy. Yeah. You might as well get paid. Like I'm not saying go find something that you don't like to do and make money doing that. No, I'm saying what you already do right now, you're already gonna do it today. You probably already did it today, and you're probably gonna do it tomorrow and the next day. Do that and share it, and people are gonna love your passion. And then you're gonna get paid, and then you'd be like, damn, I should have done this ten years ago. Yeah, right. For sure, you should have. <laughs> I love it. I love it so much. Um, and, you know, like kind of speaking from my own experience, right? Because this is an awesome little dichotomy that we have in this conversation where there is somebody who obviously has immense success within their field and has figured out a way to, to share their passions, multiple passions um, from 
uh, everything along the lines from like, you know, obviously your ability to serve sandwiches to people, de de desire to get onto dates, the opportunity to teach people kind of wealths of knowledge about finding themselves, right? Uh, which is what you're starting to do now. As you mentioned, reading and writing, and you're starting to go on Clubhouse and sharing all of that. And then on the flip side, there's somebody who's just starting out and figuring out what they're passionate about. And like, right, for example, I love talking to people who are passionate about what they're doing. And, you know, it's crazy the uh, immense amount of support that, as you mentioned, you'll receive doing these things. Now, I'm not getting paid for Howdy Howdy yet. Fingers crossed. We'll see how things go. You probably but, will. <laughs> but the, the, the point being is that I think that we're all scared that like once we jump on and we have to share that gift, that the world is just going to absolutely go ham on us and be like, are you serious, Ike? Like you're trying to start a sandwich shop. But instead, the world just happens to be very receptive when, it, when you're doing what it is that you love to do. People want to jump on that, like the situation that you said with the dog, which is really cool. I am curious because at times, for example, myself with Howdy Howdy, I find that, you know, I very much enjoy doing this. I keep finding myself behind the microphone. At times, there are periods where I'm like, okay, I kind of ebb and flow with it. How did you kind of naturally get through those phases of those ebbs as opposed to the flows, right? When, when everything's going, um, let's say things have been going well with Ike's for like nine months and it's, and it's starting to get a little bit bigger, but I'm sure that there are periods in your life where you're like, okay, like I are low, less exciting than others. I don't want to say that you're not excited about it, right? Like I'll still wear the howdy howdy shirt around and I'm always excited about it, but I'm curious, what do you do in those moments? How do you, retouch base with like, okay, like, you know, you like this, or I guess I should say, were there moments where you ever felt like you had to power through it? Or was it always just like seamless? Well, I, I guess before I get into it, I, and so I can answer it more properly, what, what do you mean by like ebbs and flows? I mean, obviously life doesn't go perfectly, but what's an example of like a, an ebb that you felt like you would feel like you need to power through? Yeah. Just kind of the excitement with relation to it, right? Like, I feel like there are times where, you know, it, where I'm doing howdy howdy and I'm very excited about it, right? right? Like right now is one of those periods of time. And then there was other periods where I just found that like for a month or so or two, I was, the idea of getting behind the microphone was just like, ah, like I, did, I almost didn't even want to bring it up to people because I started getting embarrassed that I hadn't done it in a while. And um, so I'm curious, like during those moments, if those ever happened to you, kind of what you did was it as simple as kind of like you know you meet ike and you find somebody else who's passionate and you just kind of like get confident or well what has it been for you so when i noticed where i was like oh man i gotta go to go to ike's today for work like especially in the beginning it's always been because i was thinking about a task or duty or something that i that wasn't inspiring to me because it was like, oh, man, I got to wake up and make sandwiches for Steph Curry today. Or, oh, I got to wake up and go and uh, create this new sandwich and taste test it with some people and see how they like it and get feedback on there. That's not going to be something I'm going to be uninspired by. But when it's like, oh, I got to go in and I got to do the payroll. Oh, man, Tops, I'm really tomatoes. regretting that. Or, oh, I got to <laughs> go and payroll taxes due or, or uh, sales taxes due and I got to go and write that check. Mm hmm. And likely you could relate to this whenever you've had that time where like, oh man, it's thank God it's Friday or whatever it's Monday. It's like, it's only in relation to you thinking about doing things that you don't like to do about the mm. biz. So for you about 
doing this, what was it? Is it about like, oh, having to find guests or needing to book a studio time or needing to, you know, whatever it is, right? The Something in the preparation part that you don't like or something in the the work part that you don't like. So for me, it's if you can't afford to delegate it, which I've proven that you can because I was making $0 and I still delegated a whole bunch of stuff. Mm-hmm. Then you have to link it to what it is that you love. If you're like, oh man, I got to go to work today. Hate my job. If that's you right now out there, well, what are you going to work for? You're going to work for money. Okay. Well, what's a high priority for you that you need your money for? So if, if your family is a high priority, well, then look at how you need the money so that you can feed your family. Or look at, hey, if you've got kids, if you're like the drudgering around and going to work and, oh, man, look at me, I'm going to work, oh, it sucks. Your kids are learning that from you and they're going to then end up having a job that they suck or that sucks for them that they're not going to love. Because, hey, you were, you were able to accept that for yourself. Your kids are learning their lessons about life from you. So in fact, a bunch of my students that I have that have children, that's the, usually the one that gets them to be like, oh crap, I got to change my relationship to my career and my money because my kids are learning it from me. If you're going to wake up and hate your job, your kids are going to in 10 years and 15 and 20 years from now, and probably for the rest of their lives, end up hating their job. If you're living paycheck to paycheck and you have kids, your kids are going to end up living paycheck to paycheck too, because who are they going to learn that from? You. Mm-hmm. They're going to learn it from watching you. So in the moments that you have that drudgery, delegate it out or link it to what you love. So if you, if you're another example would be, so you love, what's your favorite parts of doing this? Yeah. Uh, You know, what's interesting is after you brought, my favorite parts are definitely the conversations, right? Like right now I'm loving it. Um, Kind of the promotion of it. I actually really enjoy. I like telling people that I do it. I enjoy um, kind of the the setup process. I enjoy talking to people, you know, trying to get time on the calendar. It's the editing process. Like for me, like thinking about it, thinking about it hard. Like I'm like, yeah, like I really enjoy everything leading up to the moment that it stops. And then I have to go back and kind of listen to the conversation again, start making the splicing and everything like that. So kind of obviously having with my example, right. Either one, figuring out a way to delegate that to somebody else or two, um, recognizing that, okay, we don't like the editing process, but remember, it's all part of the grander scheme, right? If you want to be able to do this for you, you're just going to have to be able to do that as well, um, which is a good point, right? Because I, I think like always for me, like my, my enthusiasm is like high and then it ends, the podcast ends and then I'm like, okay, I'll get to the editing portion. And then, you know, obviously that's a little bit lackadaisical. So something I just obviously need to keep in mind. Yeah. And so there you go. So then either when you have to do the editing part, you just got to link it to, oh, the more I edit, the more guests I'll have, the more, and I can have these more conversations, or you just pay somebody money to to edit it for you. Or there's, I'm sure there's an app for that or somewhere you could, you could do that. Right. So there's two ways to do it. You want to have more conversations and you're going to have to edit more. That's just the way that it is. Mm -hmm. And so whatever it is out there in someone else's life that they're like, oh man, I really don't like this task. That's the same thing. Just really link it to what does inspire you or a goal that's really important to you. And then you'll show up to work like, oh, I'm going to go to work and be amazing because 
it gets you to where you want to get to. And that itself is a goal that you should want to get do whatever your, mm-hmm. your list of goals is, whether it's to raise a family of leaders or if it's just to have a good time and travel and see as much of the world as possible. You can't go to work going, oh, man, like go to work and then be like, oh, if I go to work and I and then and do it so inspiring, I'll make more money and then I can take more trips. Hmm. Or I can afford a better travel when I'm on. I'm not sitting on the worst airline in the back seat. I could get a better seat with more leg room, or I could stay at a slightly fancier hotel. Or for, for me, I don't care about either of those things. I'm I'm a short guy, so I don't care about the seat and I don't care about the hotel. <laughs> but I could spend more money on more food when I'm in Mexico or Spain or Sweden. <laughs> right? It's like I can afford a nicer rest here of restaurant or something like that. So just link it to that kind of stuff. And it doesn't matter what it is that you love. Then you show up to work going, okay, I'm going to go be a server and I'm going to be amazing today. Cause if I make an extra 10 or 15% or 25% in tips than I normally do, then you could take a better trip or take more trips or your family's going to be like, wow, dad, I learned about being joyful and go to work every single day because my dad did that. Mm-hmm. And then they're going to go joyful to work. And then likely that's going to be better income for them, better job opportunities for them. And if your family is what's important to you, don't you want to teach them that? So it's kind of easy to get yourself into. It's not easy to think that way, but it's easy once you think that way to move forward in your life towards your success, whatever it is that's important to you. And it doesn't matter if it's travel, family, if it's food, or if it's selfish things like, I just want to be a billionaire and whatever that is looks like for you, you can get to all those places. If you are inspired to show up to work through delegating or linking it. Yeah. It seems like ultimately with all these things, it's just a pull. Like, I think we always try to think of ourselves as like, oh, it's like, I got to push myself to do this. I got to push myself to start X. I got to push myself to start teaching other people how, how to find what they're passionate about. But in talking to you, it seems like you just have to allow yourself to be pulled by it. And then like, just not worry about consequences of being pulled by it, right? Like, okay, I really love to travel. So then, you know what? Then I'm going to have to think like, if that attraction of traveling is so strong, everything else, I'll just have to figure out the ways to make it work. If that attraction of playing video games is so strong, everything else, I'll just have to figure out how to, you know, share this and play more video games. Like, it's almost like from your perspective, it seems so obvious of like, okay, if you're not doing what you love, you're actually fighting it. It's not that you're, you're actually, you actively have to stop yourself from doing what you like to do, which actually makes total sense when you think about it in that way. It's not that hard. You just have to trust yourself and be confident. Yeah. And as always with that, you're gonna do and be pushed to do what you love anyway. The only reason why you think you can't make money from it is because you think that's not realistic or you haven't thought it through. Or somebody said, oh, it's stupid to open up a sandwich shop or it's stupid to have a podcast. Everybody's got a podcast. Why do you have a podcast? Why should I listen to your podcast? When I said I wanted to open up a restaurant, everybody's like, why the hell you want to open up a sandwich shop? There's so many sandwich shops in San Francisco. And according to Yelp, they said there was like 3,100 40 (laughs) restaurants, 40 sandwich shops the day that I opened in San Francisco because they sent me some big thing when I hit number one on Yelp, like blah, blah, Mm -hmm. blah, and all this stuff. And I was like, oh, cool. Awesome. So it is a stupid, any idea you have is, is can somebody can make an argument that it's stupid. Facebook was stupid when Mark Zuckerberg tried to tell people about it. Mm-hmm. It's like, 
the invention that the most people on the planet use right now. Smartphones, stupid. Probably right. when they're talking about it. A computer, what? What the hell is that? Stupid. Somebody can say whatever your plan is is stupid or ignorant or you're being unrealistic. No matter what it is, you want to be a, a, an athlete, they're probably like, oh, how many people make it to the big leagues? Like if all the your favorite baseball or football or basketball or whoever player or listen to the oh, it's not realistic then there wouldn't even be any like players for us to look up to or mm. watch because it's it is it's very unrealistic to be anything especially successful i say it's the opposite it's actually unrealistic to expect people to just go and follow other people's dreams mm. and that's why the people that we go and work for that's why when i worked at victoria that's why victoria's secret is making a bunch of money they're going for what their dream is, is to make women feel sexy and supported, like physically and, you know, emotionally. <laughs> for those of us who didn't see, he was holding up. His yeah. Breast. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I forgot this is not a video podcast. Physically and emotionally supported. And so they're providing a value. And then you working there. Right. Or when I worked there, they paid me like whatever I made and I made good money working there. They definitely made more money off of me than I made. I could have been like, oh, they don't pay me enough or or I could have just kept moving up in the company and eventually run the company one day. And still, even if I was CEO of the company, if you're not the owner of the company, you're still not going to get paid what you're worth. Hmm. Even if I was getting even like whoever the I don't know who the highest paid CEO is. I don't know who that is of any company. But that person, even if they're making 20 million or 100 million dollars, they're getting paid less than what they're actually worth. How do I know? Because if they weren't worth that, they wouldn't get paid that they'd get fired. And now there's it's like a big like oh CEOs get paid or whoever gets paid yeah but they wouldn't get paid that if they what if the money wasn't there hmm. to pay them they'd be making only ten million or one million or well, I don't know what they would be getting paid but it's not right that, that much so if you're working for someone else you're never gonna get paid cash wise what you're worth what you so if you're that. not gonna extract inspiration and fun and passion from it then you're gonna be underpaid even when you're the CEO of the company. Hmm. or you could you know you could do that and that's a good route like if you're inspired selling bras and panties like i was or you're inspired stocking shelves like i also was which is why i worked at trader joe's i love doing that then even though i was only making like 16 bucks an hour i love doing it i'd show up there and i'd stock the shelves and oh this doesn't go here and this doesn't go there i did it at my own store for free like and by for free i mean i went out of business I wasn't making any money right. and I still <laughs> stocked the shelves as if my life depended on it because mm -hmm. I love doing that. So when at the end of the day, my paycheck was zero, it was like, well, at least I had fun today. Mm -hmm. So what is that for you? <clears throat> or go and start your own company doing what you love to do. And this way you'll be inspired and then you have the highest upside. There's two ways to look at it. Work for other people and only do the parts that inspire you or only do the parts that inspire you and work for yourself. And that's actually the transition that led me to do Ike's because I saw, oh, I really love X, Y, and Z. But my my limit was I wasn't going to ever get higher than CEO of Victoria's Secret. Not mm -hmm. that I thought I could get there, though that <clears> was the top of the, like, I'm not going to end up owning Victoria's Secret unless I got cash and bought it, right? right. So my highest position was, and I met the VP and I met, I met those people back then. So if that's not what you want, like look at your top position at your work right now. If that's not what you want or that's underpaid for you or it's not inspiring to you, stop right now. You Not only that, you owe it to yourself, but you owe it to humanity. Your well-being 
is your greatest contribution. When you're well and happy and you come across other people and then they get inspired by you because you're well and you're happy, then they feel like it's okay for them to be well and happy. So not only are you robbing yourself of a better experience, you're also robbing every single human being that you run into of a better experience of you. Like people say they want the world to be better or they want politicians to be better or they want whatever it is that you feel like is wrong with society. It's, it's literally you if you're not inspired. Because if you were inspired, then it wouldn't care who the president is or who the governor is or whoever like you hate the most in politics right now. If you were inspired, it wouldn't matter that whatever's going wrong in your life is going wrong because you know, oh, I'm actually having a good life and I can solve this problem by you know, every problem solvable based on you've had problems and you're not dead. Mm -hmm. So you owe it to yourself and you owe it to the people that are around you. You owe it to humanity. So it's like lose, 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 lose when you don't do what you love. Hmm. Uh, and ironically, you get, you get, you know, made fun of. Now, I do have that story of, so there I was and I wanted to share Ike. So first of all, the first battle was with me. It's like, oh, should I do it? Oh my God, like it's kind of a stupid idea. Open up a restaurant. Wow, that seems really risky. Oh, let me Google what I need to do. Wow, that's like a lot of stuff I need to do. Mm -hmm. First battle with myself. Like I told myself I couldn't do it or it's stupid or it's lame or, oh, I could, I could still work it here and not worry about it. So that's the first battle. Second battle is when you tell people about it. Usually it's the people closest to you. You tell your best friends or your family and then they say, well, are you sure? I don't know. You uh, you went to school for blah, 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 blah. Are you sure you should do this? So then you start getting doubt from outside. So you doubt yourself first. Then finally, you're like, you know what? I don't think I'm going to do it. Then your family doubts you or your fr fr friends doubt you. And they're mm -hmm. not doing it to be mean, even if they might do it in a mean way. They're doing it just kind of like to because they love you. They care about right. you. Um, you know, at least that's the excuse they, they give, right? Then if you can get past that, like if your dad's like, no, absolutely not. You can't open up a restaurant. You can't have a podcast. You went to school and you're going to blah, 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 you know, whatever it is. Then, and you go anyway, then people are going to start going, sandwich, oh, that's a stupid idea. Podcast, oh yeah, howdy, howdy, everybody's got a podcast. Then like other people start doubting you or, or trying to discourage you. And if you can get through that, like, oh, I don't care. Like my way was, I just wasn't going to tell anybody anymore. I was going to open up a sandwich place. No, I wasn't. I was just going to keep going. Mm. Then the universe starts attacking you. Like, oh, the city of San Francisco wouldn't give me a permit. And all no these kidding. things. Like, <laughs> And at the end of the day, I, you will end up going through. So it's first you doubt you, then your friends and family doubt you, the closest to you doubt you, then other people doubt you, then the universe itself doubts you. And I found it's all a test. Because if you can get through that gauntlet, then for sure you're committed. It's a way to make sure that you're going to do only what you love to do. Because if you didn't love to do it, you would have stopped at yourself or you would have stopped at your parents or you would have stopped at the random person across the street that thinks it's stupid. Or you would have stopped when the city says you can't do that. Or you would have stopped when, oh my gosh, I got to get this certification or whatever. You would have stopped. So it's actually doing you a favor. So if you stop at any of those times, and that means you didn't actually love it. Mm. If you can get through the, that gauntlet, then, which I did with Ike's, then it didn't matter what was going to show up. It didn't matter if I didn't make any money on the first day. Like I, if I didn't give up when all these things, other things didn't happen, the, the city wouldn't give me a permit to operate. The fire department wouldn't come and sign off on the thing. Not because it was unsafe, 
because they're just slow as hell in San Francisco mm. and they still are. But I, you know, and the sign maker didn't make the sign on time and I didn't have a sign for so long. And I thought that that's stupid or your web designer doesn't put your website out on time. Mm-hmm. All that stuff. Like if I didn't give up when all that stuff was happening, then why? I'm not going to give up when I don't sell any sandwiches. And I'm not going to give away when it, and the second day I sell nine sandwiches. And the third day is like, finally, I sold 10 sandwiches. Like it's going with what is going on. And I'm not going to give up when people leave me a bad review on Yelp or now these days when they talk shit about me on Instagram or, or, or Facebook, Twitter, or probably or stuff like yeah. this or whatever, like or TikTok for sure. I have haters for days on Twitter, Twitter or uh, uh, TikTok. <laughs> TikTokers <laughs> fucking hate me. Like they are like, you are fucking short. You're bald. You're blah. You're this. You're that. You all these things. And I'm like, hey, you're not you're not you're not worse than I was in my head when I thought I wanted to open up Ike's. Jesus. So it's it's just like that's the way and that's the path. So it would have done me a favor if I gave up before, because then why start the business if I was going to cave because my neighbor thought it was a stupid idea. Mm. And that's why that happens. So you t- you don't take doubt as a bad thing. You take doubt as a test. And if you move through the doubt, then you've paid your dues. And you know, if you make it through the whole gauntlet, you're going to be successful because you didn't get derailed by all that. By all that inside influence, outside influence, really close outside influence than the world at large. And then there you are and you're doing your thing and somebody writes a bad review. You're not going to get thrown off. Somebody says, I listen to Howdy Howdy and that guy doesn't know what the hell he's talking about. You're not going to get thrown off. Right. You might like be upset for a while or maybe sometimes longer than a while, but you're not going to be like, oh, that's it. I'm packing it in. You would though if you didn't (laughs) care about it. I would have closed my sandwich shop if I wasn't inspired by it. The day I didn't sell anything, and then it took me two and a half years. I'd have been like, "Ah, oh, screw this! I'm just going to go back and work at Big Victoria's Secret, or screw mm-hmm. that! I'm just going to go work at the restaurant. At least uh, the food was good, and I can eat that food and then serve some people." That's beautiful. That's that's such a beautiful thought, and I love that. Right? Like the, the thought that you're going to have these battles, like whether or not you like it. And I, I love the fact that you laid out how difficult that first battle was for Ike versus Ike, right? Or maybe Ike versus Ikes, if you will, right? And um, coming to the realization that like, you know what, it's still there. It's just keeps going on in my head. Even though I keep saying it's dumb, it's stupid. It's not possible. I keep bringing it back. And so as such, I've just got to pursue this. I, um, I'm curious how often throughout life do you return to the exercise of writing down the things that you love to do? Because it's clear that, you know, now it's more than just Ike. Ike is the, the founder of Ike's. Ike is somebody who, as you mentioned, is dealing with neurophysics and somebody who's dealing, who was uh, coaching people actively, somebody who um, is going on Clubhouse and sharing a lot of knowledge, podcasting with somebody right now. Um, how often do you find yourself like trying to re- recenter those things and kind of realigning your life to it? So the exercises is make a list of whatever it is you love to do not taking into consideration finances. Like if you like snuggling your dog, write that on the list. Mm -hmm. Now I make this list at least once a year. Like people do um, New Year's resolutions and stuff like that. Like your new New Year's resolution, and I want to use the word should, could be, I'm just going to recalibrate what do I love to do? And and, And the list is what do you love to do that you actually do? So if you say like, I love traveling, but you travel like once a year, then that's not something you love to do because we know people that have, we know people that have no money that, that travel a bunch. So it's not, you don't have money. We know people that don't have time and they travel or whatever it is. If you're like, I like to cook, but you never cook. 
don't put this on this list. It's what you love to do and that you're already doing. So if like you travel, but you travel like three times a year, you could probably go, I love to travel. If you're like, oh, I love having deep conversations with people, but you do that like once a month, then then maybe that's not something that you actually love to do because mm. you would do it. So I do it to start the year or, uh, and I do that. And anytime I feel like I'm in a rut, if I'm like, man, life's been really tough lately because your life is only going to be tough to the extent that you're not doing what's inspiring to you. Your life is never going to be tough, no matter what happens, if taxes show up or or heartbreak shows up, your life is never going to be as bad as when you're in a rut of being uninspired, like whatever the midlife or quarter life or whatever crisis that is, like that's worse. So anytime you're in that, oh man, life has been really sucky for like the last month and a half. I go, okay, well, maybe I'm not doing what I love to do enough. And I'll recalibrate then and make a list. And the list is based on what you're actually doing. So maybe I'll look at something on my list, like, um, like eating is is on my list or was on my list. Now there's, oh, actually, I don't really like eating. I like the taste, like the bite, the smell, like enjoying Mm. food. But the eating of it makes me feel bad afterwards, either because I'm eating high caloric foods or because then I judge myself for being um, like a glutton. Unhealthy in some way, yeah. Yeah, right. So I would redo the list and look at the list. And you don't even need to compare it to your previous list. You just look at the list and be like, oh, gosh, I'm, I haven't been having deep conversations for a while. And that's something that really inspires me. That's Mm. why I'm in a rut right now. Or, oh, wow, I really love connecting with my family, but I haven't been doing that. Or whatever it is. I I normally would have traveling on here, but I haven't actually been traveling. Oh, maybe I need a trip. Mm. And then you can recalibrate. And then you you do that list a couple of times. And if all of a sudden you're like, well, actually, I, I used to love going, like going on dates used to be on my list, like every time. Now it's not on my list. So hmm. if I'm like, oh, I'm going on dates, going on dates, going on dates, then I'd, I'd, be, I'd be like uninspired because I don't even like that. So look at it because some things that once upon a time are really important to you will not be important to you as you change your thoughts. And as you just, I don't want to say evolve, but as you move through life, some things you're going to drop off. Like the things you liked when you were 15 years old and 10 years like. 10 years old, you like to run around the playground and play all the time. It was probably number one on your list if you made a list when you were 10, which you wouldn't. Right. But if you did, you would have. <laughs> you don't have running around the playground on your list right now, right? Are you mm-hmm. judging yourself for that? No, obviously you're not. So look at that list. And anytime that you're down, just do the list again. Anytime. And you'll realize like, oh, I actually go out on a bunch of dates, but I don't like that. I'm looking to settle down instead. Or you know what? I do take a lot of trips and I'm on a plane a bunch, but actually I haven't really been liking that. I wish mm. that I didn't. I wish I would maybe settle down like actually physically or find a place where I can grow roots. And then from that space, you know, probably in six months or a year, if you looked at it again, you probably have a different list too. Maybe one thing changes or maybe five things change or maybe something that was like for me, my business, like making money was number one on the list for a long time. Now making money is like seventh on my list. It's not not important to me but I love reading and writing and teaching and having deep conversations more than I like making money. Hmm. So if I, but if I was like money, 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 oh, that's why I'm unhappy. Money's actually seventh on my list. I've been focusing so much on yeah. this. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I, um, when you, two things actually, one, it's 
Awesome to hear that. Cause I feel like for myself recently, I've been in like a little bit of a wreck and I found myself literally in that, like, you know, just before Zion actually, which was where Ike and I met one another, but, um, just before Zion, I found myself literally asking myself, like, what am I really doing? And as you mentioned, there's going to be no time that's worse in your life than those moments where you are not doing something that's inspiring or fulfilling. And I was just kind of like going through the motions of every day. And it's interesting because of the fact that I had pushed myself for a while, I was jumping around from like city to city. And I would live in different places for like a month or two. And I had pushed myself and told myself, okay, after a month's lease in San Diego, I'm going to have to make those jumps. I realized that I was just, after sitting down for a while and meditating, I realized that that was the thing that was kind of getting me. I was realizing I wasn't having a community anywhere I went. I wasn't forming friends in places I was going. I was just forming these like colleagues that I would know for a day or two. And it was really detracting a lot. So for me, at least like, because this is one of the first major changes in getting out of the ruts, it was kind of difficult to be okay with giving that up. When you first, obviously now you've practiced it and you've, you've gone through quite a few different changes. And as we've talked about through this conversation, when you first started recognizing those ruts and realizing you're like, you know what, money doesn't mean all that much to me. Was that difficult the first few times or has it always been pretty sim- seamless for you? So when I first noticed that, like, say the things that are on the top of my list started going lower or even dropped off the list entirely, like I, I don't have going on dates and likely I I don't for maybe when I'm 70 and like uh, going through a midlife crisis, like I might put <laughs> going on dates back on the list. If you're 70 like, and going through a midlife crisis, <laughs> I need to eat more eggs. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so the th- with, with me, it's if, if I'm going through life and something big changes, like for me, it was, being successful, being successful, being successful, which also included money, but also like building the brand. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden I'm like, well, I'm not doing those acts anymore. The part that was tough was the judgment of myself for not doing that. Cause it was so important for so long, but now all of a sudden it wasn't. So I start, first started going, man, I should be working more. I should be working more. And then that's actually how you know that the language is that you've shifted. If you start using shoulds and you need tos and you have tos, then that's an indicator to you that your priorities have changed. I went through uh, a tough time in the beginning of, uh, or not in the beginning, but like in 2012 of Ike's and Ike's had been open for five years. I was already successful. And for me, the problem that I had was I kind of needed some time away because I became successful the city tried to shut me down and you can Google all that stuff. We don't even need to get, that'd be a long story, but if you Google like San Francisco shuts Ike's down and you'll read the whole story. It was in like the New York times and wall street journal, all these things. Mm-hmm. And then I, I actually came to the point where I was like, Oh, I'm going to be successful no matter what. Cause I literally got shut down by the city. The first five Ike's do not exist right now, but nobody would ever say that I'm not successful. Mm-hmm. Because well, one, because of the circumstances that they got shut down under and also because I have almost a hundred restaurants, <clears throat> me being driven by needing to be successful. Once that went away, cause I was like already successful. Mm-hmm. My body went through this thing like, Oh, actually I don't have motivation right now because I was doing it to be successful or to prove people wrong or to like do something, but I didn't need to do that anymore. Cause I already proved to myself beyond a shadow of a doubt 
that I'm yeah. successful. Like even you if tomorrow I just went bankrupt. Shoulder. Yeah. Well, if tomorrow I just went bankrupt, I would not, I would be like, okay, well, what's the next thing? I wouldn't even be mm-hmm. afraid of it. So I went through this thing where I wasn't working and then I realized, oh, well, I'm not doing the business and maybe I'm letting my fans down and all these things. So there was the big shift, but it was me judging me. And then when I did my list again at that time, I was like, oh, there's actually nothing to judge. I just put money all the way down here. And what I'd rather is focus on working on myself and reading and having more uh, quiet time and growing as a leader. And then when I was like, oh, these are the things I'm focusing on, it allowed me to take the blame, um, take the judgment off of myself. Because even then, that judgment wasn't my judgment. I mean, it wasn't from me, but it was from like society. Like, Ike, it's Ike's. How come you're never at any Ike's? Mm. You know, back then, like for sure, there's probably a two-year period where you would never see me at an Ike's unless I was going there to get a sandwich. And I'd be there, order a sandwich, maybe even eat it there with a friend or, or a bunch of friends and then leave. Otherwise, Ike was not a part of Ike's. It was basically love and sandwiches instead of Ike's love and sandwiches. Mm. And so anytime that happens for you, it's going to likely be because you're using somebody else's opinion on what you should or should not be doing, not your own opinion. Your own opinion will be 100% backed up by what are you actually doing? Because if you didn't think you should be doing it, you wouldn't do it. Hmm. So the big, biggest shifts when I had problems with it were because I was projecting other people's value systems on top of mine. And so right. I'm just going, well, actually, I'm just in a introspective phase and I want to go become a better leader phase and I want to grow phase and I want to be, instead of work 365 days a year, I want to take a take step back and look what's yeah. what actually important to me. And that allowed me to come back and then we I just blew up since then. Mm-hmm. And even now, I'm not even the CEO of Ike's right now. I'm not running day-to-day ops. I make the food, I make the menus, I create the new stuff. And that allows the best of my capabilities for just for Ike's, but also in my life, like reading and writing and talking to people like you and having an impact. Like since I shifted my Instagram to stuff like this Mm -hmm. and sandwiches too, because sandwiches are still important to me. I've gotten so many people saying, thank you, you inspired me to go take this step. Like that's, what my new priority is, or I could look at other people's judgments like Ike, well, you're not even a CEO. What a, you know, you're being a bitch or whatever. Ike, you're not even at all the Ikes. Come on. You're, you don't care about your business. Oh, you sold out. Now you got enough money and now you don't, you don't feel like you need to do anything anymore. That would all be other people's opinions on mm. me because my opinion isn't that. How do I know my opinion's not that? Because I'm not doing it. Right. <laughs> you will always know what your opinion is based on your actions. Right. That's a, such a beautiful thought. And like, you know, I think that there's almost genuinely almost nothing that could speak more to the idea of other people's opinions weighing in as your own, because I I've felt that same exact thing very recently with whether or not I was going to leave San Diego, but like for the owner of Ike's to recognize, Hey, I need to take some time and do, I need to be able to participate in these ways, but not in every single way. And you know what? The success of Ike's, although you want it, you want to share that love and those sandwiches and the, and, and the food and the wealth and the knowledge. That's what's important to you. As you mentioned, you can get it from other places because you recognize what you actually need and what will fulfill you. I, um, and like, as you mentioned, right, it's if you're 
in a position where, you know, to whoever's listening, if you're in a position where you're finding yourself about to do something and you feel like it's your opinion, but you know that you don't want to do it, it's likely because of the fact that you're letting other people's opinions weigh in. Because I've spent months thinking to myself, I've got to leave San Diego because I don't like staying in the same place. I don't like that at all. And then I just, a couple of weeks ago, I was like, oh shit, like I actually really want to stay in San Diego. And I've just been having this status quo of I like to leave. And I made everybody think I was going to leave. And then I became scared of actually staying in the same spot. I think that's, I, this is hugely powerful. I think that what you just said is so relatable to so many people. I know that it's definitely relatable to Corey right now. And so I'm very thankful for it. Um, You're welcome. Yeah. I'm curious, um, you know, do you, when, when's the last time that you did your, your list of like the most, cause I noticed obviously uh, you, you've recently started going on clubhouse. You're starting to go through books and analyzing them uh, with Nora and you have a podcast that's coming on. Have you done your, your list pretty recently? I did my list really recently, like three months ago recently. And then mm-hmm. I noticed, wow, today, actually, I was thinking, you know, I'm still coming up on a bunch of snags. Like, I wonder mm-hmm. if there's something in my list that I accidentally wrote down or something that I forgot to put down. So even like, I'm probably going to do it in the next two or three days. Like I have a, I have a weekend coming up that I'm, I'm free and I don't really have much to do. Uh, and I'll be alone too. So it'll give me an opportunity to be there. I'm actually getting um, inspired and chilled right now, like, like tingly. <laughs> so it means that that's what I'm doing like tomorrow or Saturday. Right. Um, but I did it recently. And for me, it was like, it, and I was noticing, I love to do this stuff. Why am I not sharing it? Hmm. And yeah, sure. I'm sharing it on my Instagram and I got a guy, I, got, I don't know, like 29,000 or whatever followers and sure. I'm sharing it on Facebook and on TikTok. And I got, I got several thousand, like I got more followers than the, than the normal person does. Mm-hmm. Right. And I was like, bro, but you want to change. I, I wrote down on my list of goals when I, before I started teaching nine years ago, I wanted to make 10 million millionaires or help 10 million people make million dollars at least from their dreams. And I'm like, I'm not even close to that number. I might be at like 10 people or maybe 20 people, like to give myself, like give myself some credit, maybe 25 people. That's nowhere near 10 million people. And I was like, well, what the hell am I afraid of? But but, but launching my, my website will be launched soon. Hopefully by the time this comes out, it'll already be there. It's uh, ikesschoolofwealth.com. I already have hundreds of videos but I'm not sharing it with the world. I'm sharing it with 30,000 people on my Instagram and 3,000 people on my TikTok and, and whatever, 40,000 people on my Facebook, but I'm not sharing it with like literally ikeschoolofwealth.com and anybody in the whole planet can see it mm-hmm. and buy it and do it and interact with me. So I did do, I did it pretty recently. I think it was like three months ago, but I'm going to do it again because I'm in a spot where I'm, I'm not feeling as, um, inspired like as uh connected inspired connected to myself to my life like i'm like oh am i doing all this stuff because i feel like i need to do it and not the talking part that's i mean i do this for free i mean literally i do this for free all the time yes and i do get paid to do it too though Mm -hmm. i've been invited to talk to a group of like 15 uh freshmen at some college or at some high school that i i did it for free for 15 people in fact i flew in plane and drove a car like an hour and a half and, and back. And then it cost me like 
a thousand dollars to go give this right. talk to 15 people. So I pay money to talk to people, but why am I not like, what, what's the block right now? And I don't know what it is. I'll find out when I do my list on, on Saturday or, or when I do my list tomorrow mm-hmm. and I'll get back to you though. I just did it recently. And even though I did it three months ago, like I did it again. So this is one of those where if you're stuck, it's because of your list or and, you know, I call it the list. Like if you have a list, then yeah, it's because of your list. It's either incorrect or it's changed already. And don't be afraid that like something shifts pretty quickly. Like I'm not like, oh, I'm an, I'm an idiot because three months ago I just did it, or maybe it was four months ago and I already need to do it again. No, I'm just like, oh, I just need to do it again. It's just the thing of life. What right. did I have on the list that, that I made a priority that shouldn't be or that I'm doing it for some other reason. And then, I mean, literally, I probably in the next couple of days when I do it or when I'm when I'm undoing whatever I did, likely all of a sudden I'm going to be more inspired and be like, wow, and I can be more and talk more and do more and and have more and and fulfill more and and all that. And the people around me are going to be like, damn, Mike, I love being around you. And like I right. said, it changes the world. It changes the world. I'm selling sandwiches and it changes the world. So it doesn't matter what you're doing. You can change the world doing whatever it is. And I don't mean to demean like sandwiches and I'm changing the world, but I truly am. Mm-hmm. If if you told me 25 years ago or 15 years ago, Ike, you're going to sell sandwiches. And you're going to change the world. I'd be like, come on, man, it's freaking a sandwich. It's a delicious sandwich. Don't get me wrong, but <laughs> it's the sandwich. best sandwich. <laughs> yeah, fine. It's like the best sandwich in the world for sure. Don't get me wrong. But like, I've had people come up to me and say, I do my daddy daughter dates to Ike's. And when I think about Ike's, I think about how me and my dad, like get to connect and be there. And actually he recently passed away. And, and I've had people like come up to me tears, like out at, I'd be at a, at a bar or a club or, or a restaurant. People come up to me like, thank you. Like, like you allowed the last, my dad got all these things. And, and you remind, like it reminded me of my time with my dad or people that wow. their first date was at Ike's. And then they'll send us a little letter. Hey, my first date was at Ike's and we're going to have Ike's cater our wedding because we're getting married. And it's like, we had Ike's and we, we met in line, like we were in line and I started talking to her and now we're getting married. Like that's impacting the world in ways that I would have never thought through a sandwich, through a sandwich that I could do. And it mm. has done that. And there's probably, we served, served 10 million meals like last year and this year and the year before and the year before, like there's likely millions of stories like this where people have connected or bonded or businesses were made. Like uh, there's this company called Caviar and they're a delivery platform. I I don't know where it is in the world. They got recently bought out by uh, Square. Okay. And they said that their idea to have this company that got sold for in the billion dollar range, they were eating a meal of Ike's and they're like, hey, we need to figure out this thing. And then they like their meal to launch their billion dollar business was at Ike's. Like that's some crazy stuff. So you can change the world, whatever it is. Someone's going to hear a line on your podcast and their whole life is going to change. And they're going to go start moving towards what they want. And then it's going to ripple and ripple. And like, we don't ever know. It's like the whole butterfly effect or throwing stone in the pond. You don't know Mm -hmm. what the ripples are ever. I sold the sandwich and there's a billion dollar company out there. And I'm not even a billion dollar company yet. (laughs) I sold the sandwich and people are getting married. I sold the sandwich and people are having great mother, daughter and father and, and, you know, family time together. I'm selling sandwiches and people are uh, taking them and going on hikes and, and eating them and enjoying the view and contemplating their life while being fulfilled by a sandwich. Like that's all stuff that 
whatever it is that you're doing, people can do that and get inspired by you being inspired too. Damn, that's powerful. I, uh, I'll say that I'm getting singles, Ike. Um, and I know that after this, um, this weekend, definitely I'm, I'm going to start drafting my list and, uh, and start thinking it through. I could thank you so much for, for coming on and, and sharing your knowledge. And I, I want to give you this time, obviously anything that you want to advertise, I have a feeling that I know at least one of the things, but, uh, anything that you want to advertise, please let, let everybody know, let, let them know where they can find you, let them know where they can gain your wisdom, um, where they, they can, they can follow your story because I, this, this has been awesome. Yeah, I definitely want to share how people can get in contact me, contact with me. One, if you don't have any money, like I would do this for free. I post stuff on my Instagram, my clubhouse, uh, TikTok. It's all the same. It's at Ike Shahada. I'm the same on TikTok and whatever, be real, all that stuff. It's the same at Ike Shahada. You can find my wisdom mostly on Instagram. Um, I'm also on Snapchat. I when I take my notes, I actually put use the Snapchat filters and tag the city that I'm in and then write my notes over it and put it on. So Snapchat has a lot of my most up-to-date like wisdom, like what I thought of today on mm. there. And I know Snapchat's not really big these days, but maybe that's a reason for you to download the app. So I'll say that more succinctly. If you want free stuff and free inspiration, it's at Ike Shahada on every major social media thing. If you want to dig, dig di- deeper, um, and it's not expensive because they're already pre-recorded videos and want to work on your career or your finance or anything that inspires you, whatever that is, even if it's not your career or finance, if it's love or your body, like you want to have a better relationship with yourself or with your significant others, or you want to get ripped or whatever, like I have that, that's Ike's school of And then I have more expensive stuff like personal coaching and I, if you don't want to do that, that's fine. Like I, I would do all this other stuff. Um, the personal coaching, you can find that also at ikesschoolofwealth.com. And I'm about to launch a new quantum Newtonian, uh, what do you call it? Circle avalanche class where you take quantum thoughts, quantum and produce Newtonian results. And with the Newtonian shifts, create quantum changes for you too. And that's called full mental alchemist. That's fullmentalalchemist.com. That is like the highest tier class that I have and the most insight. Like if you already are on a path and you want to take a quantum leap, literally in your results, not just uh, externally, because for sure you'll get those Newtonian results, but internally, like in your heart, in your mind, and in your fulfillment, in your soul, I recommend that. And that should be out soon too. So hopefully by the time this comes out, that'll be Mm -hmm. up as well. And what else do I got? Any, anything else that I got to, uh, no, that's it. I'd I think say, there's a, a series of shops that you might want to recommend. That's how like people would be like, oh, I, you didn't even plug your own restaurant, right? It's, <laughs> it's For me, this is what happens when you're doing what's inspiring to you. You don't even think about like, oh, how can I make money? Mm-hmm. Ike's Levin Sandwiches. It's what gives me the opportunity not only to learn about myself because I turn my life into a dream by following what I love to do through sandwiches, but just go to loveandsandwiches.com and you can find an Ike's near you. Hopefully my dream is to have an Ike's and multiple Ike's in every state and to have worldwide. I want to have 5,001 shops because I want to serve billions of people love 
and sandwiches. I want to cause billions of people per year to come together and have that father, daughter, family, any kind of connection or meet the love of their life in line, or even just have a deep conversation with the people that are already close to them in their life. And it's a kick-ass sandwich too. It's like the best sandwich in the world. I, I crave Ike's all the time. So yeah, sorry, Ike's, I forgot to plug you. Um, it's Ike's Loving Sandwiches. If you just Google Ike's Sandwiches near me, you'll find one near you. Hopefully there's one really close to you. And you can follow Ike's on, and which is also me. I do the social media there too. It's Ike's Sandwiches. That's two S's. So it'd be Ike's and then Sandwiches on everything. TikTok, Instagram. It's really easy to follow. Uh, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, uh, whatever else. Lovely. And then we, I, do, I do Clubhouse Talks. We're currently every Tuesday, 6 p.m. California time. And every Thursday with Nora, uh, 7 p.m. California time. And that's going to be like basically almost every Thursday and almost every Tuesday, depending on my schedule. But it's been pretty consistent. If we miss one, it's because I'm traveling or there's something else that is inspiring me more that needs my time in the moment. But Tuesdays, Thursdays on Clubhouse, and that's the same at Ike Shahada. You can follow at, at Nora if you'd like at Nora DeGrasse on there too. Perfect. And uh, yeah, ultimately, Ike, thank you so much again. If you had one minute to try to just give one more person that, that nice little kick in the ass to do what they love, what would you tell them? Ooh. There's, there's something. Let's see. What, what did I? Okay, I got it. You don't need anything. You already know what you want to do. You already know what inspires you. The only thing that you need is that little like push to move forward. If as you're looking at your life, you're not inspired every single day, you don't lose anything by moving towards your dreams, by moving towards what's inspiring you. We already talked, you're going to do that stuff anyway. So you might as well attempt at least to go and go through the four stages, doubting yourself, doubt from the outside, from your close people, doubt from like the rest of the world, and then doubt from the world itself. You owe that because you're always going to look back like, oh, I should have. And I mean, think about it, whether it's you should have talked to this guy or girl and asked them for a date, or you should have went for your dreams, or you should have, should we have a whole bunch of should haves. Don't let your not going for your dream be one of your should haves. Mm. 100%, I guarantee if you don't go for it, you're going to be there in your deathbed and going, wow, I really wish I wrote that book or I wrote or sang that song or I did that art or opened that business or I asked so-and-so out on a date. So whatever it is that inspires you, go do it. What's the worst that can happen? You, you can fail. Like I failed at my business the first time and it was great because I learned all the things about Ike's now, like what not to do. And I'm learning all the things and mistakes that I made at Ike's with my new coaching business. Mm -hmm. So it's all just going to be like, you, you, there's always value in you moving forward towards what you want. Because even if it doesn't work out, say from a financial standpoint, you learned. And so for the next time you come up with a new dream, you'll be able to use your learning there to move forward we love and it. inspire everybody. Ike, thank you so much for coming on. Once again, everybody, you can find Ike at Ike, at Ike Shahada on every major um, platform. I'll make sure to plug it in the description of this episode. Ike, I cannot say thank you enough. I appreciate it. Thank you.
Yeah, I really appreciate you, Corey. And anytime you want to talk in six months or whatever, like we could catch up on my new list or or if you got anything else or um, I'm here. Say less. I'll talk, I'll talk all day. So <laughs> well, howdy howdy is uh howdy howdy. Howdy howdy.